Welcome to the Thrive City Church Podcast. My name is Pastor Ben, and I'm so grateful that you have decided to check us out. At Thrive City Church, we want you to experience a thriving life with Jesus. Wherever you are listening from, we hope that you find this message hopeful and encouraging. Hey, welcome to church this morning. Whether you are new to this whole faith thing or you have been a follower of Jesus for years, I am just glad that you are here with us this morning. I truly do believe that God has something special in store for us as we explore his scripture together. We're currently in the middle of a collection of talks called Asking for a Friend. In this series, what we are doing is we are examining several different difficult questions or misconceptions that so many of us struggle with all the time. You know what? That's okay. We want to talk about these things and be able to work through them together. The first week that we spent together, we learned that our questions and our doubts can either draw us further away from God or they can draw us closer to him. It can deepen our faith. All of us struggle with doubt. So it is okay. It is okay to ask those difficult questions. Last week, we learned that God's forgiveness actually frees us for a thriving future. When we allow ourselves to focus on God's grace and not our past mistakes, we are able to move past our guilt and our shame, and we are able to choose a thriving future. This week, we want to talk about something just a little bit different. We want to ask the question, does prayer work? Now, this is a big question that could go down a bunch of different rabbit trails, but does prayer work? Is it worth it? Am I doing it correctly? What if I'm not sure what to say? What happens when God doesn't answer my prayers? Does prayer work? Just so we are on the same page, we are talking about prayer as this ability that we have to freely communicate and commune with God. As followers of Jesus, we believe that there is no barrier. There is no in-between that we need to go through in order to access God. We believe that the Holy Spirit lives within us and enables us to approach God with confidence so that we may find mercy and grace in times of need. So we're talking about prayer as this ability to freely communicate with God. But does it work? Is it worth it? Should I bother? Should I waste my time praying? My own personal understanding and experience with prayer has changed over time. I, like many of you as a young child, didn't really quite have a grasp or an understanding of what prayer was or how it worked. But I I remember this this one experience as a child. I know I've shared this story before, but I'm going to share it again. I remember one of my favorite TV shows at the time was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, what an exciting show. I was so fascinated and intrigued by this idea of being able to transform into a superhero and to do amazing things and to save the world. 
I remember going to bed and praying my most sincere prayer that I could muster up. I remember praying, God, if you would just allow me to wake up in the morning as a Power Ranger, I, I promise that I will spend the rest of my life doing good things and saving the world. Looking back, obviously, this is a ridiculous request, but perhaps you've experienced the same thing as a young child praying ridiculous prayers. As I grew older, my understanding and my experiences with prayer kind of began to mature. I remember praying often as a child and as a young adult, and even now as an adult, I remember praying a lot for my mom. For those of you that might not know, my mom has uh, repetitive stress injuries in her arm and in her neck. And so for the majority of my life, my mom has been in constant pain. This has been a really difficult thing for me to see, to see how much it has impacted her life, how it it made it difficult for her to raise her children. And then now, uh, as I have a child of my own, I, I can imagine, you know, is it going to be difficult for her to to care for him or to hold her grandchild? And I remember praying over and over for God to heal my mom. And she's still in pain. So why did God not answer my prayer? This isn't a ridiculous prayer request to turn me into a power ranger. This is a real prayer. God, deliver my mom from her pain. So why hasn't God answered my prayer? And most recently, one of, my, one of my most vivid experiences with prayer was in the delivery room as my wife was, was laying there in increasingly excruciating pain. I just felt so incredibly helpless. If you are a parent, if you are a father out there, you likely can sympathize with this feeling of helplessness as you sit there and you watch your loved one just go through some of the most unimaginable pain that they will experience in their life. And I remember just praying, God, give, give her your peace. Give her perseverance and the ability to push through this. No pun intended. But I, I just remember spending so much time in prayer. And in each one of these situations, as a young child and praying to be a Power Ranger and as a teenager praying for my mom to no longer be in pain, or even most recently, for the birth of our child, I've had to wrestle with this question. Does prayer work? Am I wasting my time? What happens if God doesn't answer me? How can I reconcile those things? If you really think about this tension and these questions, all of us at one point or another have been puzzled by prayer. Maybe you feel like you are talking to yourself. You're staring at the ceiling. It doesn't feel like I'm able to talk or to connect with God. I don't even know what to say. It feels like other people can pray so much more eloquently than I can. I can't seem to find the words that I want to say. I feel like I'm stumbling around in the dark. And even if I do know what to say, is it even worth my time? Does prayer work? 
Well, to skip to the end, yes, prayer works. Does prayer work? Yes and no. Prayer absolutely works. I I can tell you that right up front before we go any further, before we even touch scripture. Yes, prayer absolutely works, but not in the way we always want it to. There are two different ways that we can kind of approach prayer and and whether or not prayer works. And before we go any further, before we jump into the scripture together, I want to examine these two different ways that we can view prayer. Oftentimes, growing up, we develop this understanding that prayer is transactional in nature. So God, if you do this, I promise I will do that. Or this is the only thing that I I promise I will ever ask for, God, if you could only come through this one time. See, transactional prayer, when approached this way, it often addresses the temporary. So as a child, I approached prayer in this way. God, if you would allow me to be a Power Ranger, I promise I will serve you the rest of my life. It's transactional in nature. It addresses the temporary, the things right in front of us. God, if you could come through this one time. So there's transactional prayer, and then there's transformational prayer. Whereas transactional prayer addresses the temporary, transformational prayer addresses the eternal. So transformational prayer says, change my soul, not my circumstance. So this is kind of what we're going to be talking about this morning. We're going to be talking about transformational prayer, not just transactional prayer. So often our prayers begin, Heavenly Father, please, would you do this? Would you come through? Jesus, help me. Do this for me. This morning, we want to re-examine our understanding of how prayer works so that we can embrace transformational prayer and not transactional prayer. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of John, the Gospel of John. We're going to be reading out of John chapter 14, beginning in verse 12 and reading through verse 14. It's a quick little section. The passage that we are going to be reading takes place in the midst of one of the final conversations that Jesus has with his disciples. So if you have that, we're in John 14, beginning in verse 12. And Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. For many of us, We hear these verses and we immediately jump to that last part. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. 
Yes. Did Jesus really just give us a blank check? If I'm reading this correctly, it really says that God will give me anything that I want. If that's the case, why won't he answer me? Right? This is where, this is that attitude that so many of us have fallen into, where we just pick this one piece of scripture and think that it says that we can just have anything that we want if we, ha- if we pray hard enough, if we have enough faith, if we a- ask correctly, if we use the right language, uh, maybe if we kneel and we have the right posture, or maybe if we pray in the right place and we go to the right church and we do the right things, if we check enough of these boxes, God will give us what we want. But that's not the case at all. Let's examine the context and dig a little bit deeper into where and when and what is going on surrounding this discussion. Like I had mentioned, this conversation is taking place in private between Jesus and his disciples. This is often known as the Last Supper. Perhaps you know that episode of The Office in season seven where Michael is leaving, but nobody knows just yet. And slowly throughout the course of the episode, people began to catch on that Michael is leaving and he's soon no longer going to be with them. That is kind of the vibe of what's happening in this passage. This conversation that takes place is one of the final moments between Jesus and his followers. So Jesus wastes no time in encouraging them, in admonishing them, in praying for them, and preparing them for what is about to happen. And just moments earlier, earlier in this chapter, in beginning in, uh, in chapter 14, Jesus is encouraging the disciples saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And Jesus says, in my father's house, there's more than enough room. And in fact, I'm actually going to prepare a place for you so that we can be together. As you can imagine, the disciples were kind of confused as to what Jesus was saying. And they said, Jesus, we still don't get it. We don't know where you're going. How can we know the way to get there? And Jesus lovingly responded, guys, it's not, it's not about finding a map on how to get there so that we can be together forever. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. In fact, nobody comes to the Father except through me. Jesus continued by explaining his relationship with God the Father. In verse 11, Jesus says, Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. What Jesus is saying here in verse 12, where we began reading together, Jesus is saying, whoever believes in me, whoever believes in me, the way and the truth and the life, whoever believes that God, the Father, and I am one, Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works will he do because I am going to the Father. Jesus is saying, as you follow me, 
you get to be in on the action. The work that I have been doing, you get to join in on through the power of the Holy Spirit. And in the same way that the fullness of the Father is made manifest in Jesus, the image and the character and the power of Jesus is made manifest through the Holy Spirit to those who believe. Jesus here is giving us a glimpse into the family dynamics of his kingdom. In verse 11, Jesus says, in order to understand the relationship that I have with God the Father, you only need to look at the works that I have done. Now, in this passage that we're reading uh, in 12 through 14, Jesus is saying the same thing about those who place their faith in him, those who believe in Jesus. He's saying, if you believe in me, you will do the works that I do and greater. I want to pause right here for a moment because this is a verse that so often we get tripped up on and we misunderstand. This passage can be confusing because even the most mighty men and women of God that I know have never walked on water. They've never raised people from the dead. They've never multiplied bread and fish to the multitudes. In these verses, Jesus is not saying that you and I will do greater things than him in magnitude, but in amount. He's saying, since I am going to the Father, I am now releasing you to live out my mission, to do my work, to serve as my image bearers and my representation. So as the church grows and it multiplies and it continues the mission of Jesus, the works that we do will certainly be greater than the number that Jesus did. We continue to verse 13. Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. Jesus is saying, as you live out the mission that I have given you, I will be your provision. I will provide for you anything that you need as it pertains to my will and to my purposes that I have given you. So no, Jesus has not given us a blank check to demand anything that we want. However, when we ask for something, that aligns with who Jesus is and and what is in his will. He says that he will do it. You might ask yourself, why? why? Why will God answer my prayers and sometimes he won't? Jesus is saying in the end of that verse, in verse 13, he's saying, why, why will I do this? I will do it so that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask for something in my name, I will do it so that the father will be glorified in the son so that others may believe. Jesus is saying, I will give you whatever it takes to give God glory. In verse 14, Jesus reiterates this by saying, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Again, we are to understand this passage 
as saying, if you ask me anything in my name that aligns with my nature, that helps others to know me, to reveal more of who I am to them, I will do that. That is something that I will be behind. You see here, when we talk about this concept of prayer and whether or not prayer works or whether or not it is worth it, the focus is always on God's glory and not our gain. You see, when we approach prayer as just this tactic of of trying to get something, whether or not God will answer our prayer, whether or not he will come through for us, that can be really difficult. Because there will be times when our prayers will not be answered in the way that we want them. However, when the focus is on God's glory and not our gain, prayer absolutely works. Following these verses that we read together, Jesus goes on to explain the coming of the Holy Spirit and that he will never leave us alone and then the importance of abiding in him and walking alongside of him. And in chapter 16, verse 1, Jesus says, I have said all of these things to keep you from falling away. So in context, looking at what Jesus is saying before and after, These verses that we read, we can see that a lifestyle of prayer really does help keep us close to God. You might still be asking yourself, so does prayer work? How how does this affect me? How is this going to change the way that I live my life or the way that I pray or the way that I interact with God? Remember that prayer absolutely works but only when approached with the proper perspective. The effectiveness of our prayers is not contingent on the amount or the variety of words that we use. Prayer is not the spiritual equivalent of Grubhub where we are able to get whatever we want whenever we want. Prayer is something so much more. So if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this down. One of the things that I want us to take away from the message this morning is that prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. In other words, don't wait to pray. As Jesus was getting ready to leave his disciples, he encouraged them by saying, you have work to do, but you won't be doing it alone. Ask for my help. I am there to provide for you. Don't wait to pray. Don't be afraid to ask. You might have had a teacher in in high school or a professor in college who was always willing to go above and beyond. Maybe they were willing to stay after class or to help tutor you, or maybe they had office hours and they were always saying, hey, if you need any help, uh, any further explanation on this topic, just come by. I would love to spend time with you and to help out. Well, if you were a terrible student like myself, Oftentimes, I would never take them up on the offer. No matter how helpful my teachers or my professors were, I always turned down their help. However, there were several situations where at the end of the semester or the end of the grading period, when I looked at my grades or I got my test results back, 
all of a sudden, I was filled with regret that I didn't take them up on the offer. And I had several conversations with them. You've likely done this before where you send an email at the end of the semester and you're, you're trying to find different ways that you can still pass the class. Hey, is there any extra credit that I can do? Is there any help that you can offer me in this moment? And they say, where were you the rest of the semester? I have been trying to offer you this help the entire time. And it wasn't until you were in dire need that you came to me. Well, the same can be said for Jesus. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Don't wait to pray. So in your marriage, pray first. Don't wait until things get so bad that you're, you don't know what to do and you're considering divorce and you don't know where to turn and, and in a moment of desperation, you cry out to God. Don't wait until it gets so bad. Pray first. In your finances, Pray first. Don't wait until you look at your bank account and you have no idea how you're going to make ends meet and you cry out to God, God, if you would only come through this one time. No, pray first. In your family or in your friendships, pray first. In the good times, pray. In the bad times, pray. Make regular and intentional prayer part of your lifestyle not a last resort when the going gets tough. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Again, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Prayer is where breakthrough begins. Prayer is where breakthrough begins. I cannot emphasize this enough. Prayer is the starting point for the spirit of God to work in and through our lives. When we examine the life of Jesus, we can see him regularly spend time in prayer. And some of the most major moments in the ministry of Jesus is centered around his prayers. So for you and I, prayer is where our breakthrough begins. When we confidently approach God, he allows us to freely experience his grace and his mercy. So no matter what you are struggling with this morning, I promise you the place to begin is in prayer. Not because God will automatically give you what you want or the outcome you desire, but because prayer brings your problem into God's presence. So instead of running to God like a magic genie, we approach him like a loving father. Lead me where you want me to go. Let your will be done. I just want to follow you. Prayer is where breakthrough begins. It's where it all starts. Our willingness to enter into the presence of God, to be open and honest with him, to be willing to follow him. Prayer is where breakthrough begins. Lastly, I want you to write this down. Prayer changes our posture. Prayer is not just something that we go through, uh, like a, a ritual or a tradition that we observe. Prayer actually does something in our lives and in our hearts. A thriving life with Jesus 
That's something that we talk about all the time. Experience a thriving life with Jesus. A thriving life with Jesus is a life that aligns with Jesus. Like Jesus says over and over in this passage, if you ask for something in my name, according to my will and my nature, something that aligns with who I am and what I am doing, I will do it. Prayer aligns us with God. Do you see the difference here? Remember when we talked about transactional prayer and transformational prayer? That is the difference. Prayer aligns us with God. It transforms our hearts and our spirits to align with him. Transactional prayer oftentimes tries to bend the will of God and say, God, if you could only do this one thing, if you could come through this one time, I promise I will never let you down again. We are trying to bend the will of God to our own. But when we are willing to approach God in transformational prayer, what we are saying is, God, please align my life with yours. Transform me from the inside out so that I can gain the proper perspective, the proper posture, so that I can see things and situations and people the way that you see them. Jesus, change my heart. Align myself with who you are. Prayer aligns us with God. It puts us in tune with him. As a musician, this always makes me think of when my guitar is in and out of tune. So just to show you really quickly what I mean, here's my, uh, my old trusty guitar I got as a high school graduation present. But when a guitar is in tune, it sounds good. And when it's out of tune, it doesn't, right? That kind of makes sense. Most of us understand but you can actually hear it. So uh, musicians will absolutely understand this, but if you've never heard this, it's kind of cool. When strings are out of tune, you can, you can hear them fighting each other. You can hear it when it's out of tune. It's almost this, this beating or this wah, 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 wah. But when things are in tune, you can actually hear it relax and align itself together. Let me show you really quickly. Let's see if I can do this. You hear how that's in tune? So those notes are aligned with each other. Let me pull it out of tune. You hear how that's out of tune, how that's fighting? When we pull those strings into tune, very much like us, uh, God pulling us in tune and aligning us with him, we experience this, this peace, this alignment that comes from being on the same page with God. So Thrive City, let us be a church that puts prayer first because we believe that yes, prayer does work. Not just because prayer gives us what we want, but because prayer helps to transform our hearts and our minds and our souls and our spirits. I believe that a church that prays is a church that lives on purpose. Imagine what would happen 
if our church continued to pray first, that committed itself to doing the things of God, that boldly asked for God's will to be done in Syracuse as it is in heaven. Remember, prayer is not a tradition to observe or a ritual to respect. Prayer is an active and a life-giving rhythm in our lives. So this week, put prayer first in your life, wherever you may be, whatever struggle you may be wrestling with or walking through this week, put prayer first because prayer works. Prayer is where breakthrough begins. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Prayer actually changes our posture and our understanding as it aligns ourselves with God. This week, put prayer first. Boldly ask whatever you ask for in God's name. If it aligns with who he is, if it brings God, if it brings the Father glory, I do believe that he will do it. Maybe this morning you're thinking, I've really never prayed before. This whole concept of prayer being where breakthrough begins is completely foreign to me. This is an entirely new concept for me. I don't even know where to begin. Well, right now I want to give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to experience a thriving life with him by aligning yourself with him. So if that's you this morning, I invite you to begin a journey of faith by praying with me this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are and for what you have done. Jesus, we thank you for being a God that we can confidently approach. We ask that you would forgive our sin. Jesus, save me, change me, make me new, fill me with your spirit so that I can know you deeper, that I can know you in more and more ways, so that I can walk in the ways so that my life can be aligned with yours. Jesus, I want to do your will on earth as it is in heaven. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for this, this new life that we are able to experience. And we know that, that my life is not my own. I give it all to you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross in my place. Thank you for defeating sin and death, raising, being raised from the dead on the third day, providing for me an opportunity to have a relationship with you. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. If that was you this morning and you prayed that prayer, or perhaps you've made a decision to put prayer first, I would love to hear about it. Uh, all you have to do is to text the word THRIVE to 94000. You can just fill out a quick form and either myself or one of our team members will be in touch with you. 
Church, I'm excited about continuing this series together. If you have a question that you want us to explore, uh, something that you have been wrestling with or struggling with, I would love to hear it. Uh, Maybe we can talk about it in one of the remaining weeks of this collection. I look forward to continuing to explore scripture together, to asking difficult questions, to to explore these misconceptions together. Because I know when we walk through this journey of faith together, I know that we are better together, that, that our questions and our doubts will only deepen our faith in God. Thank you so much for listening today. We want to empower you to take the next step towards a thriving life with Jesus. If you're looking to get more connected, head over to our website, thrivecity.church connect. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and we would love to connect with you. 